This is Tracy. And this is Kurt. And this is the MFG Cast. On our way back from Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Fa fa fa. Fa 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 fa. Why were we in Madison? Game Hole Con 2019. I think it's the seventh annual. Yeah, you bet. So we decided to take a chance and not pre-register for anything and just go down there. And boy, well, we. Well, we bought our badges. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We bought our hotel room. We booked a hotel room in advance. And then we realized that we were about a week too late to buy our badges and sign up for events, right? Uh, To pre-register, yep. Yeah. So we decided to drive down anyway and see what our luck would have. And it was not so lucky. Not so lucky. Um, but we were, we were able to play some games and meet some cool people, which was also was was awesome and pretty nice. And we did end up playing. We signed up for two events. Mm-hmm. Well, three events. Oh, yeah, that's right. But we only ended up going to one of them <laughs> because one of them was an auction and we were too tired to stick around for it. Yep. And then the other one was too early in the morning. And here's the theme. We were too tired to get there <laughs> we're old. for it, and we weren't, like, super stoked about it. It was just signing up to kind of get something on the schedule. Yeah. And then the last one we signed up for last night, and we ended up playing that today, and that was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. But I think part of it was we did find out while we were there this weekend that the con actually started as an RPG con seven years ago or seven-ish years ago where it was solely RPGs and it's kind of evolved over the last three or four years to become what it is today and more evolving into a board gaming one or evolving more into board games also. Yeah. So there isn't as many board games as I think the board gamers would like to see a lot of D&D and that type of stuff but we made it work yeah we did we were actually able to meet up with Mike Wokash from Fairway 3 Games hey Mike it's really nice to play with him and also his son Owen age 11 I almost said size 11 I don't know why I said that he might be a size 11 that's so true and uh, it was really nice to get get together with Mike and play some games with him and also we also played a game with Owen too so that was nice to kind of get together and play with him 
But uh, he was like a D and D master. He was. He, he was, was role playing all over like a crazy man. He was, and that was cool. I was jealous. I I would like to do that eventually sometime too, but I just didn't do it. So, but. But yeah, it was nice. But yeah, this con is just very interesting. But it was cool. We actually got some board games in with Mike with the free games library and stuff like that. And then another game that he had, too, that we played, too. So that was cool. So what, what were some of the things that we got to play? I would say when we first got there, we played Mike's copy of Wingspan. Oh, yeah, that's right. By Stonemaier Games. Yeah. And I didn't know a whole lot about this game I have to say prior to playing it and it lived up to the hype I think yeah. for me cool concept beautiful game it was really interesting that you're playing with all these different birds and there's so much uh, information about these birds this the woman that created the game must be like bird obsessed or something yeah definitely and I yeah I like just the way the mechanics worked in the game, you know, with, you know, putting out your birds and feeding your birds and laying eggs and getting more stuff out there. And, you know, the more you get out there, the more stuff you can do. And I just, yeah, I, I didn't know if I, if I was really going to enjoy this game, but man, when we played it, I was just like, wow, this, this is really well done. And I really, really had fun with it. Well, and I think it, when you're laying out the birds too, you have, they have to meet certain habitat criteria too so you can't just lay out a bird because you have a certain type of food that will feed them they also have you also have to have the availability of a particular habitat that they would actually live in so things had to match up there too so it was kind of a it was a cool mechanic to the game yeah definitely so and it was it was it was um cool components that they had to with the wooden eggs and the little birdhouse dice tray and things like that and I can see how people pimp out their game yeah. with that stuff too which is kind of cool. I don't know that I would do that necessarily but yeah. um, teach their own. Yeah, definitely. So, that was so to the point where we like the game enough that we ended up buying it because <laughs> we're suckers. Um, what else did we play, Kurt? Let's see, what else did we play? I think one of the other games that I'm not going to go in any kind of order here, but one of the games that I was kind of hearing some things about and I was kind of interested in it until, and I didn't know if we'd actually like it until we played it. We actually went to this free games library and somebody suggested God's Forge by Atlas Games. And boy, I got hooked in this game like right away. Was it the gold teeth looking mechanics? Not mechanics, gold teeth looking components? No, actually it wasn't even that. It was just like, like the art, the art was awesome, and the mechanics were cool, and it's cool because you're just you're basically just it's a just an all-out fight basically, and you're fighting the person to your left, and you're using you're rolling dice, and you have to use these dice to activate your cards, and some things will stay out, and some things are like one-time spells that will you know help you you know either defend yourself or attack, and and there's just I don't know. It's just one of those games that just kind of like it's like an action-packed game that doesn't take very long, and you're doing a lot of stuff, and it's just I don't know. It really, it really just tickled my fancy, and I really was excited about it. So it was cool to get that to the table. And uh, again, another game that as soon as I played it, I was like, I want to have this game because I am in love with it. And I've only played it the one time, which is crazy. 
Well, and I think about this game too is it sounds like you're just rolling your dice and if you roll a three then you get to play this card but that isn't all it's almost a stacked thing where you have to maybe one of the cards is you have to roll a four and two doubles or something in order to be able to play this card or something like that so it's not super easy to be able to actually use the abilities of that card to be able to either defend yourself or to be able to fight somebody or something like that so I thought that was it really made me think a lot so I look at the cards in my hand and I go okay so I need to make sure that I roll this and then I have to get 11 or greater and it sounds hard and it was hard but the nice part about it is I think if it was we only played it once but if you rolled a one then a one converted to you could use it as two through six or something like that I think and so that was nice so it didn't make it as impossible so it was basically a wild so that was nice too but that was a cool game because everybody was kind of fighting against each other and we got almost to the end of it and then we had to go and play another game that we had signed up for but decided that we had to buy this game too mm-hmm. because um, number one Atlas Games is are they out of Minnesota? Yeah. yeah and we've seen them both at kind of the north when we've been there and now we saw them here so it feels good to be able to support them too so yeah. we wanted to be able to purchase this game through their booth and, it, and the cool thing about it, too, is we've played multiple games by Atlas Games and been really impressed with them. So, you know, it's it's also nice to know that, you know, you're buying something that, you know, from a company that really, you know, makes games that you enjoy. So, Another game that we were able to play after we played God's Forge was QE. I was going to say QA. <laughs> questions and answers I don't know QE and this was one that Mike had talked to us about um, that himself and Owen were going to be playing and we had kind of looked at this one but we ended up watching a video on it just to see a little bit more of what it was about and so uh, we ended up signing up for this game but basically in this game you're Let's say, long story short, how about that? You have players, and you each play a country, and you're bidding, you each play the role of an auctioneer at some point during the game. So you're saying, in this stack of, like, these round pieces, you're saying, okay, so the USA, who wants to help basically bail out the U.S., right? Yeah, because you're, you're basically, it's 2008 and the economy is terrible and you're helping out bail out these countries. So you're bidding on these certain parts of of their of the countries to help bail them out by betting money. So you're bidding on certain parts of different countries like agriculture and government. Manufacturing and... Others. So basically you want to be able to collect different groups of these. So if you get like one of each of I think there's five different five different types, housing and yeah. agriculture and so on and so forth, you get victory points at the end for getting those. If you have two 
then you start scoring. It's like six points, ten points. I only know that because I got two and I would have scored. But then, um, and then I got three and then I ended up oh, getting more gotcha. points. So then if you end up scoring the other way where you'd have like multiples of one particular type, you can score that way too. And then, um, but basically you flip over one and you say, okay, so we're pulling this U.S. Um, manufacturing for three points. And the auctioneer gets to place what he thinks that the bid should be. So he can place whatever dollar amount of money he wants on this. So he can say he thinks that the starting bid should be $10. Or he could say $200,000. Yeah, you can do any amount. Any dollar amount. Everybody else takes basically their secret Auction board. Yep. And they depending on how much they want it, they're going to secretly write down their bid to see if they can win. But the caveat of the game is whoever ends up spending the most money to get these types of things, the manufacturing, the whatever, whoever basically spends the most money busts and loses the game. If they, if they have the most, most money at the end, at of, the the end of the game. Yep. But... It's all secret. So let's say Kurt's the auctioneer and he says $200,000 is a starting bid for U.S. manufacturing. And everybody else starts putting their bids in. They secretly slide it over to him. He looks at it. And then he writes on the back of this, which they're all dry erase. He writes on the back the winning bid, which let's say was um, $1 million. He writes one million and slides it over as a secret to the person in their country, whoever won. And so you kind of have to think with your think like, okay, what did I bid? I bid two hundred fifty thousand. Well, obviously, whoever won bid more than two hundred fifty thousand because I didn't win it. And and it kind of goes around and around and around until the whole stack is done. And then you flip them over, and whoever whoever spent the most money loses automatically and everybody else tallies all their points on this board yeah. it was a cool concept because i think that we weren't like super brave with our bets no especially kurt because he only um spent two million i think yeah. um i spent 30 million or something like that and then mike's son busted and lost the game he had ended up throughout the whole thing betting about 60 million but, you know, when we watch the video, people can go crazy and they can bet trillions. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of was hoping for that, but yeah. um, I think we were all just babies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those games that you think is going to, you think is, like, when you first kind of read about it, it seems really boring and, like, not not that great. But then when you play it, it's, like, kind of a fun auctioning, kind of, almost kind of a party game almost. Which yeah. Which is really weird because the subject matter is not exactly exciting but well and i think that's why we originally didn't sign up for it because it was like it's a party game but get out your calculators and we were like uh no thank you <laughs> what why would we want to get out our calculators for a party game but yeah exactly. yeah it was a lot of fun yeah very cool so i have no regrets about signing up for that no one. definitely not yeah yeah all right so then we played another game called Sea of Clouds by Yellow Games. Um, this is a game that I had had, another one that I had kind of seen. It's a small box game, 
didn't really think think anything of it, but we ended up Mike ended up suggesting it, and we actually played it. And uh, this is a fun, small, quick game that like it has a lot more strategy to it than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Everybody is playing pirates that have their own. Uh, their ca- aren't they captains? Oh yeah, captains basically captains that have their own uh, flying ships. And what you're doing is you're trying to collect loot. Um, and there's like there's three spots under this little track where you've got so many rounds. It's like, gosh, I think it's like 9 to 11 rounds. I can't remember exactly how many rounds. But you're doing, you have some that are a set collection where you're, you know, collecting certain, you're, you're collecting certain relics. And depending upon the relics, you, you know, however many of the same ones that you collect, you get a certain amount. Some you will gain points, some you'll lose points if you don't have enough. Um, you also have rum, and rum is usually secret, and that is kind of a, some of those are set collection, but some of those are just straight up victory points for the end of the game. And then some will have, like, uh, secret objectives, and then some are like your, um, gosh, I can't remember what the chest cards are. Uh, uh, were they objects? Objects? Okay. So then you have certain objects that will uh, help you out during the game too, but also it's, there's this fun fun mechanic where you have these pirates that are on your ship, and then I think it's three or four times per game you'll have a uh, like a skirmish. I can't remember exactly what they call it's it. It's called boarding, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, you'll have a uh, your boarding other ships or whatever so whoever's to your left and right you'll actually uh, count up your strength of your pirates and then if you have at least more pirates than one person that's to the either to your left or your right you win and you get to uh, do a certain thing depending upon what your pirates actually do some of your pirates will grab uh, doubloons from the middle some will steal from other players and then there's another one too, and I can't remember exactly what that is, but um, but yeah, it's it's cool, cool, fun game where like there's just a lot more strategy with some of the things that you can do, and there's some cards that kind of beef up the game and like your secret objectives. Like some people can't see that, but also there are ways for your cards to kind of you know take away from other people and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just a lot more to this game than I thought there would be, and it was a fun. I don't know, it's just like every yellow game I think I've ever played, I'm, I'm not kidding, I think every yellow game I've ever played I've enjoyed. I don't think there's a dud out there that I have that I've played from them. So I can't, I, you know, I don't understand why I don't just trust yellow for who they are just making great games, at least games that I enjoy. So Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we got to play a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, unfortunately we... We should have pre-registered before that, and I think this might be a con that I wouldn't mind going to again if we could sign up for stuff ahead of time. Well, but the nice part about it is is that they had this games library, and we were able to sit down and play things that we had never played before. So, I mean, we finished off the con by playing Everdell. Oh, yeah, that's right. With Mike while Owen was role-playing, and then another guy who walked by, which love this, when people walk by and they're like, they see somebody else reading directions and then they say, oh, 
do you need help or do you want I can play with you guys that kind of thing so we played with another guy and he was really nice as one of his favorite games Mike had only played it one other time and Kurt and I had never played it before and we really liked it so if you've never played that game we won't really get into it it's basically just a deck building game with critters and I would say it's more of like a tableau kind of yeah well yeah it's a tableau with critters and awesome art just incredible art and I think that I hear that a lot from people when they post pictures and all this kind of stuff but that is a cool game and to the point where again I look to see how much this game was I need to stop that but um, really cool game we ended up just finishing it before they were closing the game hall so that was a cool game too yeah definitely so we got to got to play our share of good games so it was it was nice to play games it was nice to meet Mike and Owen down there and just have a lot of fun but also what we got to do too is we got to meet a very fun and awesome individual we got to meet Tim Vernig from Thunderworks Games and talk to him about some of the games that they have now and some that are coming up and also focus on a game that they're really excited about that didn't get quite the hype as it should have because it came out around the same time that Cartographers did which is Lockup so we talked to Tim about some of the stuff that they have and some of the stuff coming up. And if you listen carefully, you can actually enter your name in for a drawing for their game, Lockup. That's right. So make sure that you listen up very carefully and listen to the way to win. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. You're going to have to listen carefully. So listen up and use the way to win. And we'll give you until we'll give you until November 18th, which is two Mondays from our yeah two Mondays from now, to enter, and we will pull out one lucky winner. So, thank you for listening. Make sure you uh, support Thunderworks Games too, because it was nice to really it was really nice to talk to Tim and very a lot of nice people there. So, all right. So on with the interview, and thanks for listening. Hey everybody, this is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And we're here at Gamehole Con in Madison, Wisconsin. It's our first time. It's kind of exciting to come to something where it's like, I don't know, I thought it was going to be smaller than it is, and it's quite big, and it feels like it's just getting bigger and bigger, but it's, it's fun to kind of see everybody playing different things. There's a lot of, lot of role-playing, a lot of games, a lot of board games and stuff like that. There's even like a live-action role-play that you can kind of go into, and it's really fun stuff, but... Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about why we're here. We are here with a great human being, someone that wanted to talk to us about some great Thunderworks games stuff, and it's uh, Tim Vernig. So, Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on. So, yeah, thanks for uh, sharing the Gamehole Con love. Gamehole Con is our home con here in Madison, Wisconsin, so Thunderworks Games is in Madison, of which I am uh, the brand ambassador. I'm not the brains behind the operation. I'm the mouth behind the operation, I like to say. Uh, so I help Keith um, to, you know, talk about uh, our game, share them with uh, fans, uh, go to cons, do, do demos of the game uh, for people. So uh, lock up, cartographers, role player, they were all the games that really are the ones that... Uh, um, people know role uh, role player was our, our big game from a few years ago that started it all um, the one that uh, kind of put Thunderworks games on the map 
And so with Role Player and then, of course, the expansion, Monsters and Minions, and then we just completed uh, our second expansion, Kickstarter, Fiends and Familiars, and that was just blew it out of the water. You know, we thought Monsters and Minions was a great campaign. Fiends and Familiars was like double that. So it's been really exciting uh, to do that. And it just shows that there's still a lot of people out there that really love role player um, and love the game. I think the tie-in between RPGs and the fantasy world of people who love to play RPGs and board gaming, there's a really good connection there. And that's why Keith designed it. Like, he is... Like me, an old-school RPG player, so having a game that sort of has that feeling to it, it invokes that sort of theme, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So when we um, are looking at games, we're not just primarily looking only at fantasy themes, but because a lot of the people that play role-player want more of it, we introduce this role-player universe and the two role-player tale games, Cartographers, which is our flip-and-write map-making game, and then Lock Up. Um, also came out at same time at Gen Con, which is a area control uh, kind of uh, um, uh, worker placement type game. It kind of defies categorization because it has so many different mechanics in it. But uh, Lockup and Cartographers are same artists, same artwork, a lot of the same characters and design is in it, so people will feel comfortable with the games, they'll sort of recognize it, but you don't have to know a role player to play them. We found Cartographers has been very popular with families and a lot of people that don't play games because it is a fairly simple, you know, sort of drawing a map and that flip and write, roll and write kind of mechanic, so it's easy to play, and it plays anywhere from one player as a solo all the way up to 99 people if you have the sheets and pencils for it. And so. all the friends. And all the friends, yeah. Um, we have uh, Tom Vassell is going to be running a cartographer's um, event at one of the uh, Dice Tower uh, conventions. So he's going to do like a big hall with as many people that can you know, play it in a room and just project the stuff up onto the boards. So, yeah, that's anyway. awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the cartographer's is sort of selling itself, and we're excited about that. The one that I think is really needing some more love is Lockup. Um, because it came out at the same time at Gen Con as Cartographers, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, although Lockup is still um, well respected and it's getting a lot of good ratings for people who have played it. But I think it's sort of getting lost in the all the new games that are coming out. Um, so we really would like to get uh, Lockup to more people and get ex- more exposure for it because it is such a great game. Definitely. Yeah. So so what about, what about Lockup kind of puts itself on its own avenue for, you know, not just being this, you know, management game or, yeah. you know, a card game or in this universe. So in Lockup, what you're playing is you're playing the monsters from the Monsters and Minions role-player expansion. Very cool. And, and what you are is you are locked up in the Kublak prison, and what you're trying to do is to um, escape from the prison by getting the most reputation. And the way that you get reputation is by getting the majority control in certain rooms in the prison. So there are different areas, and what you're going to do is you have a crew of these monsters that then you will place into the different regions to sort of bid for control in that region. So every crew 
gets uh, a set of six of the monsters, and they have a strength number on them. There's a one, a two, a three. There's one that is an enforcer that has a fist on it, and that one is uh, the number of strength tokens that you have on your player board. Um, and then there's a lookout that has an eye icon on it. And the lookout, if you have the lookout in the room, then you avoid suspicion. And suspicion is sort of works kind of like on a the, like clank, yeah. the, that clank mechanic where if something happens and you have the most suspicion, then you lose points. Yeah. So um, you want to try to mitigate not taking the suspicion. So if you want to get majority in a room, say maybe you'll put your 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 monster that has a three on it and your lookout, which avoids suspicion if there's suspicion in the room, and you can place up to two of them face down. So the other people that are going to go into that room don't know what your total is. So then they'll say, well, I really need to get the majority in that room to get that resource. So they're going to put maybe five in there. So if their five beats your three, well, then they're going to get that resource for that particular room. And it just sort of goes through each of the rooms, each room um, resolving one at a time, gaining those resources. Um, and then at the very end, um, if you didn't get something in that room, well, there's a consolation. You move down to the library, and then you get a chance to get a tome card, and the tome card has extra special strength actions that you can take that allow you to do certain things as well. Very cool. There's also a really cool deck of um, contraband items that you can build, and those contraband items um, have some really cool artwork on them I'm really happy with, um, which is a lot of stuff that people will recognize from role players. Some of those things have crossover, and some of them are new. There's like, my favorite is, if I can find it, the, the toothbrush, uh, which is uh, really a, 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 to a toothbrush made of teeth. I'll try to see if I can find that one for you so later. It's a so, literal toothbrush. Yeah, it is literally a toothbrush. It's like a snaggle tooth toothbrush. There it is. That's one. So um, oh, awesome. it's kind of fun, that one. Uh, so the artwork on these is just, it's really cool. And you build these contraband items with the resources that you pick up. Iron, gold, scrap, potions. Um, and those are also worth points at the end of the game as well. So, And then there's three scoring, uh, additional scoring. Um, there's an instant one that you take when you reach that particular criteria. So whoever has the most scrap, then they'll take that one and they'll get points for that. There's a leader scorecard that whoever um, has, like, say, for example, the most items will get at the end of the game a certain number. And then there's one that's uh, um, end game scoring, like, you know, whoever has uh, built the most contraband items um, gets that one, who has the most, um, the least suspicion. So there's all these different scoring mechanisms that you have. So lots of choices to make. Yeah, very cool. I like, I like that it's you know who's the baddest group in the in the in the lockup yard, and then you know you're also trading these things kind of like you would for JLA. Oh, who's got the cigarettes or who's right. got the whatever? Exactly. I like that. I like that. It's exactly. got it's got that feel. Plus, it's got you know the look of role player, of course, and just you know amazing looking and stuff like that. It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, so this this is uh, the one that really we're we're really excited about you know getting the word out to people about um, and so I think we'd uh, you know 
maybe we could find a way to uh, get a copy into some of your listeners' hands. So uh, I'm sure we could come up with some kind of contest uh, giveaway to some lucky listener uh, so they can get a copy of it and um, give it a try and see what they think. That's right. Okay, so me and Tim we were and Tracy, we were, bo- we were all talking about uh, when Rich Summer used to do on cardboard, he used to make up in a ridiculous thing. So I think I'm going to do that right now. So I'm going to think I'm going to. I think you're going to have to say, "I'm very bad, and you need." I, no, I I've been very bad, and you need to lock me up. Yeah, I like it. Yep. Whoa. I've been very bad, and you need to lock me up. That's okay, right. that's the that's the hashtag for you. That's right. I was a little worried too. <laughs> I, got, I was like. Yeah. I've been Do very bad. Yeah, exactly. And it can you go south. We get lock it. Me up. <laughs> so, and you have to make sure that you tag Thunderworks Games and us, and you to, will be to clarify. Into Do they need like I? Is it I've or I have? I have been. Okay. I have been very bad, and you need to lock me up. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely tag Thunderworks Games. We'd love to see what uh, um, you know people are listening and see your fans and connect with them as well. Um, We have our website that people can go and check out all of our games there at thunderworksgames.com. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Thunderworks Games. I'm also on Twitter at, at Tim Vernig. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to, to uh, continue to connect with, with people and, and share uh, all the games that we have coming. Um, I could sneak peek a couple of things oh, that we have. We always right love now. to hear about the new yeah. stuff. Come on so, so the one I think that's going to be most exciting, and uh, it's a little bit down the pipeline, but we do have it coming um, is uh, role player adventures, oh, and so I'm nice. calling role player adventures. If you were to take role player and near and far from Ryan Lockett, and they had a baby, nice. okay, it's a choose your own adventure style game in which you will play a campaign using your role player character, oh, nice. and then going through a campaign, making choices through the campaign. And then going to a um, adventure book that has like you nice. know turn to no- entry number eighty seven and then something happens and it'll use the dice and different allocation to to do combat to do strength or skill tests um, and we're we're really excited about that one as well. Role player adventures uh, will definitely be kickstarting it. I think we're planning for Kickstarter in twenty twenty, um, so that that'll be really exciting. And then. Uh, we have a, a couple of non-fantasy themed games coming up. Uh, Cape May, which is a Euro-style game. That's kind of a departure from our other games, but um, this one takes place in Cape May, New Jersey, and it's kind of a um, building of a village, if you will, and running running Cape May. Uh, the first player marker is a, uh, a round marker, excuse me, is the... Cape May Lighthouse, if you know Cape May, New Jersey, have a very iconic lighthouse. Um, And then one we're still ways down in development um, called Amusement Park. Um, I think that's going to be the name or something like that. It's going to be sort of an amusement park building. building Oh, very cool. Um, That one, uh, right now, um, we have Vincent Dutre signed as the artist. So the artwork is... Started, <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to be lovely, yeah. like always. That's awesome. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. 
Yeah, so make sure make sure you see what's going on down the pipeline with Thunderous Games. See what they've got now too. There's also uh, what do you have? Uh, dual powers too, which dual is powers, really exciting yep, too. Yep, exactly, and then. Um, although it's not a Thunderworks Games release, uh, he designed Skulk Hollow. Oh, very cool. And Skulk Hollow uh, is published by Pencil First Games. The reason that we didn't publish that one is because Eduardo Broth, the uh, owner of Pencil First, the publisher of Pencil First Games, wanted to have Keith do something, design something, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're friends. And so he said, well, this is something that he was working on, but he didn't really want to spend the time publishing because we were in the midst of doing cartographers and lockup. Yeah. So Ed took that and just ran with it. And uh, it's a great game, a two-player, uh, player versus player, um, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Unmatched or yeah. some of those other ones. So yeah. uh, really fun. One player plays heroes, one player plays a monster. Good game. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah, so lots of good stuff to hear. Lots of good stuff that's out. Lots of good stuff that we're hearing about that's coming out too. And and out of the games that we've played, we played role player cartographers. Boy, it's hard to say that, yes. especially when you have, especially when you haven't had enough water in a day. Yeah, keep hydrated, people. Uh, and they're all very great games. So I'm sure the stuff that's coming out here too is going to be amazing. So great. Tim, thanks for coming on. Yes, and talk to us. thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Kurt. I appreciate uh, getting a chance to talk to you guys. Definitely, uh, you know, love to stay in touch and uh, keep uh, keep working with you. So gotcha. yeah. thank you. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.